0: Welcome to episode 77 of The Real Photo Show, sponsored by the School of Visual Arts, MFA Photo, Video, and Related Media, chaired by Charles Traub. My guest today is Lindsay Weatherspoon. Lindsay was in town for Photoville, which, for those of you who don't know, is a massive photography event that takes place in Brooklyn. Uh, Basically, it's a, a bunch of repurposed shipping containers that become galleries and venues for photography events. This year was the seventh year of Photoville, and from what I understand, it just gets bigger every year. So if you're ever in town in and around New York City during the month of September, it is definitely worth checking out. So Lindsay was here for Photoville because she was named to the lit list by the Authority Collective, which is their list of 30 photographers to watch. And if you want to know more about the Authority Collective, you could just search for them on Twitter. But it just so happened that I had reached out to Lindsay to be on the show after I came across her on the diversify.photo website. And we weren't sure when she was coming to New York until she found out she was on the lit list and coming to Photoville. So that worked out just perfectly. So let me read a little bit from Lindsay's bio. Lindsay is a commercial portrait and editorial photographer based in both Atlanta and Birmingham. Capturing heritage is important to her and evident in such personal projects as portraits of former members of the Negro Baseball League, Ronnie, the shoe repairman, the Gula Geechee Culture of the Sea Islands, and Birmingham's historic Ensley Neighborhood. Her editorial tear sheets include the New York Times, NPR, Afar Magazine, the National, Sierra Magazine, ESPN, The Undefeated, The Bitter Southerner, and Birmingham's B Metro Magazine. So I was really interested to talk to Lindsay about the Gula Geechee Culture, uh, the Negro Baseball League photos, and Ronnie the Shoe Repairman, and we really have a terrific conversation about those projects. But before we get to the show, let me just say that I just finished tonight installing Patrice Helmar's Dirty Old Town Photos uh, at the JKC Gallery. And that technically opened today, although I was a little late. And I apologize for anyone who showed up today at the gallery, only to find that I was still installing. In fact, I did get one nasty email about someone who came... And apparently security turned them away. So I am sorry for that. If I had been there, I would have given you a tour of the show while I was installing it. But I did have to go teach uh, at the other campus at Mercer. And then I came back and met up with some students, Elizabeth Mayer and Christian Gonzalez, who helped me hang Patrice's show. And now it is up. So it is now open. And the reception will be on October 24th, which is a Wednesday from 5 to 7 p.m. with a talk at 6 p.m. So what else? This past weekend was the reception for the raw exhibition that I joined for the Noise Arts Garage and Stockton University down in Atlantic City. And it went really well. Um, we announced the winners. I recorded some of the winners on the podcast and that's that an, should be an upcoming episode if it all works out. Uh, it was a little bit noisy, but I think I think it'll work out. So the live show I did at the School of Visual Arts with Charles Traub and his book Teradiddle Diddle went very well. We had some nice, lively questions from the audience, and I did record that, but I'm not sure if it's going to make sense as a podcast release because we did look at a lot of slides. So I have to listen to it and see if that's going to make sense. All right, well, that's all for now. This introduction is a little shorter because... I am very tired, but I was not very tired when I was talking to Lindsay Weatherspoon, and we just had a fantastic conversation. So, thanks for listening. Enjoy the show, everyone, and we will talk soon.
1: this story yeah I still have my luggage with me
0: <laughs> yeah so uh you just came in from did you come in
1: straight from Atlanta yes oh wow. yes yeah, yeah. I was um speaking at a um, photography workshop over the past two days well I actually presented yesterday the uh, workshop started on Sunday Oh. so okay. I've been you know talking since Sunday <laughs> <laughs> all day
0: what kind of a uh, workshop um, I mean, was, what was the what was your sort of part of it?
1: Well, I talked about breaking into editorial and commercial photography. Oh, that's yeah, good, so. that's a good topic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's, uh,
0: that's the uh, bread and butter yeah, topic. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But, you know,
1: when people are trying to figure out just what they want to do with their work, um, these I, I would say these were beginner to mid-level photographers, but a lot of them were kind of still green behind how to license images, how to advertise themselves and things of that nature so I mean it was a good group it was yeah. a good group good group good talk everybody enjoyed themselves.
0: Are they you know post-college?
1: Oh they're yeah they're yeah. definitely post-college oh, okay. yeah okay. yeah so we're some of them I would say maybe ranging from the ages of 25 to close to 50. Oh okay. Yeah so yeah. I mean like I said there it, it was a it was a very experienced group right yet there were some people who primarily shoot weddings portraits family portraits and things of that nature and wanted to know you know how can I go to the other side you know uh, eventually make some money I'm like yeah right. it's like you I I, I, I Wait, believe
0: which side is the dark
1: side yeah look, <laughs> all of them is the dark side especially you know when I think about my career yeah. um, you know I started off shooting portraits and weddings and I knew I had to make money and of course I was just trying to take everything just to get some experience but other than that, I knew I'm, I'll just be honest. I hated it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I love couples.
0: Yes. Right. People. And yes. I love people. people are good.
1: <laughs> but you know, when people start to, um, as we say, feel themselves, it's just like mm mm. It's um
0: when it becomes a business transaction. Yes. It's that, like I
1: don't want to do this anymore. Like I love you, but no. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and and
0: I've I've um I've had a few people on the show where you know we do we do talk about mm-hmm. business and how it'll. Mm-hmm. You can't be a photographer. You can't be an artist without being a business person. That You're self-employed. You that have to be a business person. Yeah and, yeah.
1: and I touched on a little bit of that during my talk with them. Just like you already have the skill, but you have to know how to maintain it. And especially if you want this to be full time. Yeah. You know, I I usually take my my references from pop culture. And there was one particularly Popular blogger by the name of um, Awesomely Lovey. I'm paraphrasing what she said, but she said, "I'm a 10 year overnight success," <laughs> and I'm like, "Ah, I that I felt that in my soul because I feel like I am. I that, mean, I've been I've been doing this for oh. it was 10 years, July 5th, 2018. Yeah, that's how long I've had my LLC. Oh, that's and wild. here I am, you know, 10 yeah. years later. Even though it took it took 10 years for the past two years to mean something. So yep. when, whenever someone asks me, I'm just I'm just like. You know, take your time. Right. Be patient. It will come. You just have to stay consistent.
0: Yeah. they. A friend of, uh, of mine, actually, I'm going to see her documentary tonight, mm. Gary Winogrand, All Things Photographable by oh, Sasha wow. Waters-Fryer. Okay. She just wrote an article about, you know, um, I'm not going to remember the title. Sorry, <laughs> Sasha. But, uh, but it has to do with, uh, you know, this idea of... Breaking onto the scene is like break, yeah. break. No, I've been breaking onto the scene for many years. Exactly. Right. This exactly. Is, it's it's, this it's not like somebody just discovered me. I've been working my ass off. Yeah, forever.
1: I, I really have. <laughs> yeah. I really yeah. have. You know, it's, it's been strategic. It's been silent moves. It's mm-hmm. been patient moves. You know, you you, if you're waiting to be famous in this game right now, you're gonna be <laughs> waiting for a long time. Yeah. You know, it, it, you have to really earn your wings in this. Yeah, it, it, it takes some time.
0: And and I imagine that's part of your lecture. That's part of what you tell yes, people.
1: It really is. Yeah, it really yeah.
0: is. And do you, t- do you talk about negotiating and fees and the nitty gritty stuff as well? Or is it more inspirational?
1: It's, it's definitely much more, how can I put this? I've always been business oriented. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember having a friend and tell me that you're going to be, like, the next business owner. And I was like, ha, huh, whatever. And, like, here I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you
0: are. Yeah, so yeah. I, I
1: have friends who are not artists but definitely amazing business counselors. So I, I feel like every artist or creative needs to have a friend or two just like that. We don't think we're, – we're not thinking about how to look outside of our craft. You know, I put it like this. It's something – um, catastrophic was to happen to me health-wise, like, what else can I do? Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, what? how do I save money? How do I, again, if I'm not doing photography or videography again, what else would I be capable of doing? And I'm grateful for those friends because now I'm at a point where, yeah, I'm happy where I am, don't get me wrong, but I'm also thinking 10 years ahead of now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because I think about now my, like, my eyesight is great with glasses, but you know, what if it's just it is just begins to deteriorate? Oh, I mean, those things. I'm
0: I'm getting there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting there. Yeah.
1: Those things. I mean, they they should be in the back of everybody's mind, mm-hmm. you know. And then your taste for your career changes. You know, you may not want to be a photographer for the rest of your life, but what else? You know, what else creatively or what else business wise or financially can you do? Yeah, yeah. I, I've just always been that person mm-hmm. that thinks ten years ahead. I, I did. I listened to um, Bonnie's. Oh, you did? Yeah, oh. and yeah, She said the same thing. She like she, has a yes. problem with thinking ahead. I'm like, yeah. I, she, it, she thinks. It happens. She thinks
0: right up to the end, <laughs> <laughs> right?
1: Like never think about the process, but just think like, ha, got it. You know? <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. Bunny. Bunny mentioned that she, um, when she thought she was going to be a doctor, she was already thinking about the license plate yes. on her car.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that. That sounds just like me.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh man!
1: Well, I think about the million dollar mark, but I'm right. like, eh, well, what does it take to make a million dollars? You know? <laughs> so,
0: are you born and raised Georgia? or?
1: No, I'm actually from Birmingham, Alabama. Oh, you are. Yeah. Okay. So I, I only moved two and a half hours away from home. Right. Of course, Atlanta is definitely much more bigger than Birmingham. Well, is it?
0: Is that it? Is it sort of the the trek? To Atlanta is because that's where the jobs are?
1: Yeah. Yeah, in a way. And Mm -hmm. I I left for... These are my three reasons for leaving Birmingham. I love home. I always claim it. When somebody asks me, where are you from? Mm -hmm. Birmingham first, but I live in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. But I left home because I was getting too comfortable. Comfortable with the type of work I was creating. Comfortable around the people I had known for 29 years because that's how long I lived there. And, you know... As much as I love home and being there, I knew that I had to spread my wings somewhere else. I had to cut my teeth somewhere else, and really learn how to hustle, and feel, and, and definitely be a, you know a small fish in a bigger pond. Mm-hmm. Because when you go to Atlanta, that's pretty much what everybody does. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, you know, yeah. it's, it's a bigger pot, a bigger pool of. Not just photographers, but creatives.
0: Oh, it has become a cultural capital of the country, right now. Yeah, right. I mean, you know,
1: with with movies being filmed there.
0: I think somebody. I think I heard that this is right. There are more shows and movies being filmed in Atlanta right now than there are in Hollywood.
1: I I would say that would be correct Mm -hmm. because I just found out um, Ozark. Is filmed yes, in Atlanta. I was actually in Atlanta. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's big. Yeah, and then I would I was watching scene. I saw scenes in Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that place is behind my <laughs> co-working space. So, I mean, you you recognize those areas. Uh-huh. But, yeah, de- Atlanta is definitely a melting pot for pretty much everything. Mm. I mean, every everything and everyone is there. And... I still have family there. So it was one of those things where it was an easy move, but it was still difficult. Still have family in Alabama. And, yeah, in Alabama. And yes. I have family in Georgia. Oh, too. you do? Yeah, in Atlanta. Oh. Uh huh. So when I got there, um, well, just to take a step back a little bit more, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's right. I was actually a, I started off as a public speaking instructor while I lived in, in, in Alabama. Oh, So okay. yeah, I taught at my alma mater of uh, University of Montevallo. Mm-hmm. So I taught there first, and then I was teaching at a smaller community college. So
0: communication was your major? Yes, yeah. yes.
1: But, um, mass communication was my major at the University of Montevallo. So I taught there for um, a good bit. Then I taught at a smaller community college. But when I was <clears throat> transitioning from Birmingham to Atlanta, I found another teaching job at Kennesaw State. Oh, yeah, I, so, one of my
0: uh, I believe both my niece and nephew went to Kennesaw. Oh,
1: awesome. Kennes- nice, nice, nice. It's definitely grown there. You wouldn't think it would, you yeah. know. They have a football team now. I right. feel like, you know, that's a pretty big deal. <laughs> but the enrollment, you know, um, definitely increased there.
0: That might be where my nephew blew out his knee. I'll have to ask him. Oh, yeah. no. Okay. <laughs> Playing well, football again. Uh-huh. Is, uh...
1: <laughs> that sucks, man. Yeah. <laughs> so is he still in Georgia?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. He's, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm not sure where he is, but he's finishing up now. Okay. Good yeah. deal. Well, that's yep. good. That's a yep. good
1: thing. <laughs> so um, just in May 2017, I decided to leave there and i've been full time ever since and it it was it's crazy how things happen because as soon as i left it's like all of these really good gigs just fell in my lap and mm-hmm. it's been continuous ever since then are you teaching now is that no, oh, no i'm right. not teaching okay, now right. yeah i i left there may 27 i mean yeah may 2017 so um as i said just just you jumped off the cliff yeah I mean. <laughs> jumped off the cliff like yeah. the dark side <laughs> <laughs> no no i don't think
0: uh, that's that was a compliment.
1: Yeah, yeah well yeah. thank you. Yeah. You know, it, it started. it at one point it did look like the dark side, Like, mm-hmm. do I do I really do I really wanna do this? <laughs> but um as I said, I I, I feel like just over the, the course of the ten years that it was just time. It was time to take that leap of faith and see what happened. And I, I also told myself, I'll give myself a year and if I make it a year, then I'm not going back. Here oh, I am. okay. Yeah, so it's already been a full year mm-hmm. since I left and and Still you're doing full all right. Time. Yeah, I'm doing yeah. all right. <laughs> when, you, when you say
0: you're full-time, you're mm-hmm. full-time...
1: Full-time photographer. Full-time
0: yeah. as a self-employed photographer. Self-employed, right, right. Exactly. freelance and doing co- editorial mm-hmm. work, commercial mm-hmm. work, and, and your own work, which we'll all get to. Yeah. So when you were studying communication, was photography just then like sort of one of those classes you took as part of the program? Did that pique your interest? When did you get interested?
1: Well, no. My mom was an, an artist. And she was a painter. Was or it yeah, was. Oh, yeah, my okay. mom passed away oh, a couple sorry. of years ago. Okay. Said, no, thank you. Yeah. But you know, she's definitely been like the the inspiration behind all of this. So as I said, she was a painter, mm. sculptor, photographer as well. She would draw. I didn't take that talent of drawing, can't make <laughs> I can't even draw a straight line. And she realized that and we didn't fight fight about it, but she you know, pretty much put the camera in my hand and say, Here, try that. Mm-hmm. So it was what's, what's crazy is that she and I actually had the same photography instructor.
0: In high school or Yeah, she had
1: the same this teacher in college and I had the same teacher while I was in college. Oh, so college. yeah, of oh, course okay. two separate times. So it's just like, ah, I guess this is what I'm supposed to be doing, and I yeah. just kept going with it. You know, I, I was pretty much taking snapshots while I was in high school. And I never worked in, on the yearbook or anything were, oh, like that. You were yeah. not on the yearbook. I, okay. on a, I wasn't on the yearbook. It wasn't my thing, you know, I was too busy trying to be cool. <laughs> Right. It's like, sorry. You know, you know, the cool kids were in the band and stuff. I wanted to be with them. So (laughs) So yeah, I never I never was on the yearbook staff or anything like that. But I I did submit photos to the yearbook. If that counts for anything. But once I got to college, there was one semester that I didn't want to go home because if you go home, you have to take all of your stuff, you know. Pack your room oh, and right. take a right back home. Oh, you have home. to move out. You have oh, to move right. out. And I was right, just right. like, I'm, I'm not doing this. So I'll just stay on campus and move my stuff from, you know, each dorm. So there was one semester I decided to stay um, for, It's called, it was called May term. So you took one class for the entire month. And that class happened to be a photography class. And it was the first time I experienced, you know, developing my own film, going mm. to a dark room, and I was just fascinated by it and you know didn't really think about it as a career it was more of a hobby at that time and um when people learned that i was taking pictures they're like oh well can you take my headshots? can you take my um, portraits (laughs) i'm like well sure you know i just use it as as a purpose for practicing and that was i said i started really taking it serious in 2008
0: and you were shooting film
1: a, l- a little bit of film, okay. and then I had um, one of those Fuji film kind of like point and shoot yeah. with the digital zoom. Oh sure. my goodness! Yeah, and so I wasn't even <laughs> using anything that was you know quote unquote professional. Right. Oh, and then my mom she purchased a Sony Alpha one hundred. So I'm I feel like I'm really dating myself by telling you what <laughs> I started with. And in Please. The re-
0: I started with a Kodak DCS. Yeah, yeah. Three you, megapixel. Oh you know,
1: yeah. You know, in that case, I feel I feel better about the ten megapixel camera I started out yeah. with. <laughs> so you know, she purchased it because all we had were Minota lens. Mm. So that was the only camera that would had that had that mount. Right. So um, you know, started off with that with that camera, and that was that was 2008, and just kind of upgraded from there. You know, learn from my mistakes found people that were mentors. I actually found a mentor. These were the during the days of MySpace.
2: Oh wow. I was like,
1: well I'll just you know, let's just see what happens. You know, put a fill out there. You yeah. know, I want to second shoot. And I did that for a little while and then, you know, just went on about my own way. And then um here I am right now. You so know? It's, it was it
0: was the one class
1: basically. Just at that college. one class. Yeah. That the one class yeah. it, it re energized me about what photography is. Again, I didn't think that I would have a career in this until I started meeting people later on. What
0: was your sort of track in communication?
1: Uh, As far as like Like classes or what I was teaching?
0: What was the, um, what did you imagine you were going to do?
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted to be a news anchor. I wanted to start off as a reporter, work my way up to be an anchor. Mm -hmm. That was the only goal that I had in life. And I did work at a, a television station back at home for a little while, but. You know, during the um, economic downturn, I was laid off, Oh, but it was funny. I just felt, I felt in my spirit that that was going to happen and it actually did. And it was a good thing that it did. You know, I'm, I'm happy to have that, have had that experience and I still keep in touch with some of the people that I used to work with. A matter of fact, one of my good friends, we still talk, you know, on a regular basis from that um, news station. So, I mean, it, it allowed me to forge some new friendships. And I learned a lot about myself, about what I could take and wouldn't take. So you know, every every job that I've ever had, I do take, I have taken lessons from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So um, after you got laid off, then is mm-hmm. that when you started to think about teaching?
1: I was. Uh-huh. So let's <laughs> let's let's make this full circle. While I was working at the news station, I was mm-hmm. also teaching. Oh, so okay. I'm one of those people that had like two and three jobs at one time sure. because I was really trying to figure it out, mm-hmm. see what, you know, you know how they say throw it at a wall, see what sticks. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, teaching stuck for a little while. And, and it really, again, made me grow as a communicator. So I would be able to talk to those people that I'm actually taking pictures of, you know, having mm-hmm. a conversation like you, you and I are having right now. So and it also taught me how to be a much more organized person, Mm -hmm. as well as how to deal with difficult situations. You know, think about your students who feel like you're not doing your job or you're not up to par when you can only do so much for them. I can only help you so much before I just tell you, you got to do it yourself. And... You
0: especially have a lot of those conversations at a community college, right? I did. Yeah. I did. And... I teach at a community college.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But it's funny is how... I felt more connected to the students at a community college. Me too. Versus yeah. a, the larger universities mm-hmm. that I worked worked at, I wanted so much for them, and I've actually seen some of those students strive to be better people. And I actually stay in contact with them, whether it's going to be on Facebook or through text messages. That's just how community oriented I was with those students compared yeah. to the um, Other two universities I work for. So, yeah, I, if I worked, if I decided to go to teach again, it would definitely be at a community mm-hmm. college. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you, you, um, this is not a mystery or anything, but at a community college, you get students of all completely different levels. Indeed. Right? Indeed. A, a, a ability to learn and uh, mm-hmm. financial situations mm-hmm. and all kinds of situations, mm-hmm. social situations. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, you, you really do. I always, um, told my friends from Columbia who would come down and teach at Mercer. It's like, yes. this is where you're going to cut your teeth yeah. and learn how to be a teacher. Yes, that is true. That is true.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I I think it was more so of uh, really letting them know that there are so much more outside of where you live. Mm-hmm. And it it just amazed me about how some people had never been outside of the city limits.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: So, it yeah. you know, it's things that we take for granted. Mm-hmm. But it actually happens, Yeah. And it's not that I feel sad for them. I just want, I want to be able, I, or I want to be the one that opens mm-hmm. their eyes to what the, not just your state, but what the world has to offer to yeah. you. Yeah. So that, I yeah. I think it's,
0: it's less common now, but when I started teaching at Mercer, mm-hmm. I had students whose parents wouldn't let them go to New York. Really? In college. Yeah. And New York by then, has, right. had turned over in terms of, you know, crime rates and things like right, that. Right, right. It wasn't this big, scary place right. that everybody thought it was.
1: Right. Well, yeah. my mom and the rest of my family, I mean, they were super overprotective. I mean, mm-hmm. they they knew they were. But, like, the the moment that I started stepping out and doing things on my own, and just like, well, you know, why are you yeah. doing this? You know, it's like, if I don't do it, then I would feel like that I'm not a success. And some things, like, I remember my first trip up here by myself. I had no sense of direction. There was no Uber at the time. And (laughs) when I got here, my phone died. When was this? This was 2010. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. so my phone died. Uh I didn't know any, I had no idea where to go. Right. And I admit, I cried in the middle of the street. But I was like, you know what, let's figure this out. Let's (laughs) figure it out. And I did. Uh So that's one of those pivotal moments where I knew that I could do it, right? You know, and I, you know, this sounds (laughs) very simple, Uh but I feel like New York to me, you know, as as someone, of course, being here for the first time, someone who's somewhat sheltered at that time, and needed to see what the world offered. You know, that challenge was—I felt like I defeated that challenge. Like Mm -hmm. I was—I was good. And if I could do that here, then I could do that anywhere else. (laughs) Yeah, just saying. That's how I feel. That is the slogan. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs)
2: that's funny. Yeah,
0: yeah. But even let me really want to date myself. Going back to the. I'm going to say the late '80s, early '90s. Mm-hmm. I was photographing um, kids who lived in projects on the Lower East Side. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they wouldn't venture on a subway train past 23rd Street. Really, you know, they they wouldn't go, you know, to Midtown, you know past Midtown. Right. You know, it was well, just. It did was, you
1: did you ever ask why? Uh,
0: a lot of it a lot of it had to do with just sort of parents working and schedules. Mm-hmm. It was just, and there was nothing they thought they would mm-hmm. go see up mm-hmm, there, but mm-hmm. there was no. You know, there wasn't an interest in museums or anything yeah. like that yeah, or yeah. no. So, they, yeah. you know, everything was sort of 23rd Street or 14th Street and below. Right, and right. Yeah. I
1: wonder if it was, you know, associated with some type of fear of change. I think
0: Yes. And also a, a feeling of belonging yeah. and who you might run course, into yeah. and all those mm-hmm, things. Mm-hmm. And yes, I mean, it's culturally and economically, right. the difference from the Lower East Side to you know, the fifties yeah. of New York city was staggering. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Less so now, but it was staggering mm-hmm, back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean,
1: it's, it's, of course you can tell once you get to a certain area that things have changed. Mm-hmm. Um, back at home, we'd said that the more um affluent, affluent, I always mispronounce the word, but <laughs> the rich folks, <laughs> <laughs> you that, got it. <laughs> that they lived um over the mountain. Uh huh. So it, you can you can see like the disparities between both sides of the mountain I mean you know it may seem like the other side is better but they have their issues too Mm -hmm. but ours are just more I guess physically
0: right there's more physical regions right 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 right. right. you can just tell that
1: something's different (laughs) so I totally get up I I get it I totally get it yeah
0: (laughs) then your mother then I imagine was always just supportive of all the creative endeavors that you had and what about your father
1: When I was growing up, it was me, my mom, my aunt, and my grandparents. We were all in one house. Oh, okay. And then my aunt got married and moved out. Uh So then it was just my grandparents, my mom, and me. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I have uh, uh, an old soul, a super old soul that my my friends Uh feel like that I do. Yeah. um, People tell me that all the time. Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) You know, just uh, just an aside, I've been doing my own genealogy Mm -hmm. with with Mm -hmm. ancestry and all Mm -hmm. that. and. The two closest matches I've come up with are both from either North Carolina or Virginia. Really? And I have no idea of the connection yet hmm. from that
1: because
0: mm-hmm. uh, I was uh, adopted, so... Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 that,
1: yes. that should be very interesting yes. then. Yeah, no yeah, wonder yeah, you're yeah. digging, you know, really oh, into I,
0: it. I'm always interested in people's uh, family backgrounds. <laughs> yeah. and, per- and and also, I have my own... You know, when I when I went from engineering to photography, yeah. we, I was living with my aunt and uncle at the time. And uh-huh. It made them very nervous. And, you know, they consulted my cousin, who's a priest, too, mm. you know, because mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm.
1: he had
0: more of the creative side of the, right. the family. And, you know, and they were... They were always, you know, they were supportive in the end. Of yeah, course. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. My, um, you know, growing up, when I would have conversations with my my grandmother, she always told me that she wanted to be a news reporter, like for, for the newspaper. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, so all of this makes sense. Like the storytelling aspect, yeah. comes from my grandmother. The photography and creative <laughs> aspects come from my mom, uh-huh. and I just put them all together. And right here, I am today. <laughs> so, so
0: there was always support for for your creative side. Yeah, but what was. about uh, the move to Georgia?
1: He was <laughs> like, "Well, why are you leaving?" I'm like, "It's time." I, I, that's the only answer I had at the time because I didn't know any other way to answer it. But in my heart, I knew I had done as much as I could at home. And again, that comfort level just didn't sit well with me. Yeah. And so I was like, "Well, I'm only two hours away, so let me just move to Atlanta and see and see what it takes." I didn't tell any. Any of my close friends? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sorry, I did tell my close friends, but I didn't tell everybody that I moved. Oh, because I didn't want to have to explain why I came back. So I was like, let Let's see oh, what a year yeah. looks like right, in Georgia, right, right. and then I'll make the big announcement. Because a lot like of a people sabbatical. didn't know I was there. Right. Yeah, no one, no one really knew that I was there until I was there. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and you said you have family out there. Mm-hmm. Is that? Did you go stay with them when you first moved out? Or? No, oh. I
1: um, I'm I actually lived in a city that was about yeah, 15, 20 minutes outside of Atlanta. Okay. Yeah, so I live in an area called Marietta. First. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my
0: sister lived in Alpharetta for a long time. Oh, yeah, your time. sister was farther. Yeah, <laughs> yeah much farther, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... um yeah, and then you were teaching there at Kennesaw, mm-hmm. right? For mm-hmm. a while and mm-hmm. in communication.
1: Right. And, right. Uh, I taught public speaking. Yeah. Intro to public speaking.
0: Right. And, and, but you you did some freelance work while you were still in Alabama, you said, right? Yeah. You were I doing did. the weddings and the mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. What was the, um, so what was in your process when you moved to Atlanta for sort
1: of getting out there and showing your work? Well, before I moved to Atlanta, I would visit a lot. So, I knew a few people before I actually moved there, and that helped a little bit. I started using um online what was the name of that site? I see the name of it in my mind. I can't tell you, <laughs> but anyway right. yeah, yeah, it yeah. was yeah, it was a website where you could pretty much bid on jobs oh, and people would hire you interesting, yeah, so it was yeah. it was definitely an interesting concept, but that helped me get by while I was still teaching at Kennesaw State mm-hmm. and which allowed me to have you know some clients. In Atlanta, you know, as I started really um, establishing myself, but what what really helped me meet people and meet more clients was this group called Amplify for Good. Hmm. So what what they do they have it's a nonpro. Well, the nonprofit side is called Goody Nation, and what they do is that they host these hackathons for <laughs> nonprofit organizations. Oh wow! And I just stumbled upon them because I was looking for groups that pretty much served people of color that enjoy technology and no lie, I'm scrolling on Instagram and an uh, ad pops up for. Them. I'm like, oh, okay. Let me contact them right now. <laughs> so I volunteered as a photographer, and that's where I met most of my clients. That's
2: great. Yeah. yeah so yeah. and
1: I, I still work with them. Mm-hmm. An amazing group.
0: Wait, are we talking about editorial clients? And, uh, no. The, oh. Well,
1: I started. Up, I'm sorry. Yeah. Let me let me explain because I'm sure. I'm very poor in that area as far as explaining. <laughs> <laughs> we have time. Yeah. <laughs> but I started shooting goody hack events. And during the course of that, you know, meeting people, they found out I was a photographer and videographer. Then I started shooting headshots from there, more events, commercial work. Um, the editorial work pretty much came later on down the road. Oh. Um, I didn't. I I, work, I started working for this smaller publication called Gwinnett Magazine out of um, Gwinnett County in Georgia. So I still work for them. But as far as I like, working for like NPR, New York Times and um, ESPN, The Undefeated, folks like that. I really think it came from a portfolio review that, that I actually attended here last year in, in New York. I attended in um, October of 2017. The New
0: York Times or? No, it, oh. was,
1: um, it was called NYC Photo Works.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah,
1: so I worked with them, and then I'm a part of this group called Diversify Photo. I know, I found you through oh, Diversify Photo. Oh, F- I was Photo. gonna ask you like, yeah, how yeah, did yeah. you yeah. find me? Yeah, By the, and I, I
0: do wanna give a shout out to Diversify Photo uh, Aaron Turner's Photos of Color and Women Photograph because I have been using them yeah. to find <laughs> some great people, so thank you. Well, awesome, awesome, and of awesome. course they want—that's what they want,
2: right? Right, right, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: I, I really think those two things have been um, integral parts in my current career. Mm-hmm. As I said, you know, after I went full time in May 2017, it's—it's it's like it, everything is full circle. Yeah. I. I feel so lucky to have these opportunities because you know during a time where I didn't think that I was going to going to be doing this for long. I didn't think that this was like my career move. I, as even though I say stay consistent, I just didn't think that I would be where I am today. And, and we yeah. should
0: mention you're on the lit list.
1: Yeah, I mean you're you're in town <laughs> for
0: Photoville. I am. I and, am. And you're being represented at the. The sort of the uh, container uh, for the lit list, yeah, right? And yeah, yeah. Is Diversify Photo running that,
1: or well, Diversify Photo was part of it, but it's through okay. the Authority Collective. Oh, okay, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah. So, and that yeah. was a that was a welcome surprise to so me. Just like I I was sitting at my desk, and this was late evening. I don't uh-huh. even know what I was doing. I I stay in front of my computer for hours, just <laughs> wasting time, and you know, going down the YouTube rabbit uh-huh. hole at times, <laughs> <laughs> and then just happen to check my email, and it's like, you know, congratulations, you on the lit list i'm like no way i can't believe this and you know it, it it hurt me so bad because i couldn't make the announcement just as soon as i saw it, it was like mm-hmm. wait until thursday i'm like no but i want to tell it now you know it's just <laughs> like one of those exciting things nice. and but yeah that's what i'm i'm currently here in um the city for to see the container and yeah. see some of our friends that I know online, but we've never met. Yeah, so, that'll be nice. <laughs>
0: I know, that that is a nice thing about Photoville. It, does it bring is. a lot of people in from all, all exactly, over. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You
1: know, I've been seeing the um, the constant stream on, on Instagram and Facebook about it. It has really just got me pumped about being mm-hmm. here. Yeah. So uh,
0: let's talk a little bit more about the, the work, actually. When you were still in Alabama, mm-hmm. did you start any of those personal story projects? And when did you start the League of Negro Baseball
2: Players?
1: Oh, uh, one of the former... Um, negro league baseball players was my neighbor yeah i lived in birmingham he lived right behind my house and Mm -hmm. i would always talk to him he would always you know wear jerseys or hats or um, is
0: he the first person in the slideshow on your website
1: he's the wearing the last person
0: okay yeah so there's someone there wearing the the baron hat
1: i want to say he's the last one is that him Mm-mm, not no, the first okay. Yeah, when you actually click on the project, yeah. he should be the very.
0: Might take a little while to load here. yeah it's all good. I'm using my phone. As a hotspot. But I really okay. I, I Either he, way. Yeah, yeah. He
1: he is.
0: He's coming up. Here Uh-oh. we go. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, this is yes. This he is, is the last person. Podcast gold. So. yeah <laughs> <laughs> Watching a
2: website We're load.
0: Watching a website <laughs> load. <laughs> Oh okay so uh, the the first uh, person is wearing um the uh Birmingham Black Baron mm-hmm. baseball cap.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. the very last person in the entire um photo series mm-hmm. is my neighbor. Oh Yeah okay. so he's he's the one that, you know, made all of this happen. Uh-huh. And I shot that project in let me think. It was 2015. Yeah. So a few months after I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Let me go back. It yeah, was 2014. Yeah. I moved to Georgia That April, Mm -hmm. and I shot that in June of
2: 2014.
1: Oh, yeah. So, so I was that was during a time where I was still going back and forth heavily. Uh But now most of my work is, you know, established in Atlanta now. Yeah. Yeah. But going back to the project, it was just one of those scenes where I've always, I've always loved the way a face ages. And I knew with, a lot of those players either getting sick or pretty up, right, right, or getting of course <laughs> now, right, yeah, getting up there in age. Yeah, I knew I had to take that time to you know honor them in the best way that I could, mm-hmm. and so I just I shot those pictures maybe in two hours because they were um it was in between time where they were get, before they went to an event at the um, historic Rickwood Field back oh, in Birmingham. Okay, yeah, so that's that's where they. I don't know if they still do, but that's where they host the annual, like an annual game there at Rickwood Field. and um, But every year, the players come together and just kind of have like a reunion. So that was just one of the reunions back in 2014. Oh,
0: okay. Yeah, I looked up the... The Birmingham, uh, I keep getting the the name wrong. Birmingham Birmingham Black Black Baron, Baron. Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. Willie Mays played for them. Yeah, Willie Mays played right, and that had to be at the near the tail end, I Mm, imagine, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. maybe early fifties, late forties. Yeah,
1: Yeah. and gosh, I love all of the names Uh of the teams, and there was one that always sticks out to me. It's called they were called the Atlanta Black Crackers. Oh wow! Exactly. (laughs) Uh,
0: I'm not even gonna repeat it. Right.
1: like wow like you are a negro league team with that name i, know, I mean they they all had interesting names that but that's the one that always stuck out, out. it's just like oh wow <laughs> yeah. that like that is a name <laughs>
0: <laughs> kind of wraps it all yeah, up just and, like, yeah, yeah it,
1: you know, that was the time and you know right. it, again it makes for a great story <laughs>
0: yeah well the other the other story that really interests me is the um uh, and I, you'll tell me if I'm pronouncing it right or wrong. Uh, Gullah Geechee. Gullah Geechee. Gullah Geechee. Yeah, so. Gula-geechi.
1: Yeah, so. Oh, interesting! Is that? It's 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 a very powerful story that I'm definitely going to continue to to shoot because most of the time when when people hear Gullah Geechee, of course, for for one, they ask, "What is it?" Yep. And two, where. Yes. Yeah, where where did it start? So What and where? That's, that's yeah, the first and two where? I yeah. looked up. Yeah. First <laughs> so, you know, just a um, a very general background about it. Uh, Gullah Geechee, their community um, derives from West African slaves. So they were pretty much left on the coast of, you know, the eastern coast.
0: Right. It, it goes from basically North Carolina all the way down to Florida. It does. It right. does. And, you know, Barrier when, islands and coastal towns. Right, and, right, right, right.
1: Most people only know about the Carolinas. Oh, but okay. a lot of people don't know about Georgia. And that's the part of of the... That's um, the Geechee. Yeah, the <laughs> Geechee, right. That's the part that I've been paying more attention to. You mm-hmm. know, that's that's no disrespect for those that's in Carolina. Mm-hmm. But again, you you when you're doing your research... And when you're looking for, like, different information about the uh, And a connection. You're connected. Yeah, and the connection, yeah, right. Yeah. And, it, and plus it's just a little bit closer to home. And I want to be respectful to those that are within the Georgia region because I feel like the yeah. Carolina region is already covered.
0: And every – this is a, a conversation we have a lot on the show too. Yeah. Every project needs a defined – Limit? Otherwise, yeah. it's never ending. Yes, right? yes, yes, yeah,
1: it is. Yeah, it is, yeah. And I'm pretty sure I could tell. You have to make
0: your own rules. Yeah, yeah
1: and I, that's the that's the amazing thing about any personal project that you begin and you have to feel in, in your heart and your spirit like, okay, when do I stop? Mm-hmm. And I actually started that in 2016 and just took a break from it because I knew that I had to do my own due diligence right. of homework, you know, being respectful to the connection um, of the Gullah Geechee community. And it was just—I felt like I went down there for the wrong mission. I went down there strictly for portraits, and I wasn't respectful of the story. So that was my now. Now that I, you know, I've learned from that and everything else. Now it's just time for me to go back and do more like the photojournalism part of it, rather than just focusing on one person. So just kind of get the every layer of the story as much as I can.
0: And that's a, a perfect way to approach something. You've you've got to be able to give up yeah. your, your preconceptions mm-hmm. and what you thought you were gonna do mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and respond mm-hmm. to what you're finding mm-hmm. right exactly and that's a great way to approach it and uh, it takes um it takes a little humility to admit it
2: <laughs>
1: yeah it does it does and I, I feel like after quite some time we all have to have some confidence in ourselves and if it mm-hmm. if it doesn't work the first time around yeah rethink it. And try it again and if it doesn't work that second time just just let it go right yeah. so, so,
0: but but so not to get too far away from mm-hmm. uh the project uh, mm-hmm. Gullah is um is is the name for the creole style language mm-hmm. that they've developed mm-hmm. right and that, these are, like you said these are descendants of west african slaves right, right right and
1: while i was in darien georgia one of the the um, project participants was you know she gave me parts of she read parts of books parts of bi- of their um bible and but but the the odd thing is, is that everything that she was reading, I understood what was going on. So the oh, dialect is no different really? than what I talk right now. You know, uh-huh. so it was it it felt like a very spiritual connection to the Gullah Geechee community as well. So again, you know, step taking a step back from it and doing my homework on it now, I feel much more comfortable going back yeah. and capturing just what I feel and what is actually there.
0: And of course, we, the 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 Geechee part is sort of the just the the Georgia specific mm-hmm. area mm-hmm. of this.
1: It's so much that's intertwined in yeah, it. It's yeah. just it's it's a story that keeps going. Uh-huh. And next month, in well, in October twenty eighteen. They're hosting like a cultural event that's around Gullah Geechee, so um, I won't be able to uh, attend the entire event. But right. I'm going down there just to spend a little time, you know, shooting some portraits and things of that nature. Right. And really, and, and really getting to know the community because I don't mm-hmm. want to just step in like, "Hey, well, you know, I'm this photographer and blah blah blah." Right. And I know in in other regions, they also feel like that people may be trying to capitalize off of their culture. Mm-hmm. And I, I could, I could see why most would would think that and you know just me being a natural storyteller i just want to understand yeah. and, you know i've never gone into a situation where oh i'm going to make money or capitalize off of this never that i just naturally am a curious person and want to know how it all started what are you all doing now to preserve your your culture what are you doing just to teach everybody else so that's my whole purpose for going to You know the Georgia coast versus, let's say, elsewhere. Now, I wouldn't mind eventually moving to those that are in Florida, but it's harder to find in Florida than it is to, let's say, North and South Carolina. It's almost hard to find. Oh, is that right? Yeah, it's almost hard to find any one of that culture in Georgia. Mm -hmm. So it's it's very small. I would I would imagine
0: being coastal. Uh, real estate mm-hmm. that, that whatever coherence there was to the to the community mm-hmm, has been mm-hmm. broken up a lot just oh, because yeah. you know it's it's high value property yeah, and all it those is, things, it right is. yeah I,
1: I do recall one pr- particular plot of land where it's said to have um like the graves of slaves there oh yeah but it's underwater
0: oh wow right so it, it's oh yeah that's the other thing yeah <laughs> Coastlines it, sea level, disappearing. Right. <laughs> right.
1: so it's just it's one of those things like you know how do you fathom trying to cover something where it's not naturally there for you to see mm-hmm. and
0: there's a, a lot of that now i think going around around lake okeechobee in florida aren't they discovering slave cemeteries and wow
1: that that's uh, new to me but i wouldn't I be think surprised
0: so. yeah yeah
1: oh, that story has so many layers but right. it's it's again me being a naturally curious person and a uh, researcher it i love speaks it speaks to you yeah it speaks <laughs> to my soul <laughs> <laughs>
0: right and then uh just to mention one one last one the uh, yeah. the last cobbler was that uh, back in that was back in Birmingham. That
1: is okay. Mm-hmm. So I
0: and he has a connection to your grandmother at that one, right? Yeah, yeah. So
1: my great grandfather was a shoe cobbler, mm-hmm. and my grandmother worked in his shoe shop. And you know, I think of it, it; it's almost like it's it's full circle for me in that context too. Because again, being an entrepreneur was the last thing on my mind. And while I was shooting this, I recognized how you know, entrepreneurship has always been in my family. Maybe like, you know, maybe not the the typical way, but he made it happen. Right. So he owned his own shoe shop and my grandmother used to work in there too. And so she was always a stickler about, don't buy any new shoes. Oh, Make sure you yeah. fix these before you... Th-. I'm <laughs> like, okay, like, what's your point in telling me? I just want these new shoes. But, <laughs> but you know, as I've gotten older, I get it now. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and, I, and I think about... The quality of a shoe, too. Yeah, I have some right.
0: very old dress shoes that I much prefer to get repaired. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I
1: tell, you know, I, if I'm going to spend money outside of photography gear, I'm going to buy a good pair of shoes because I know they're going to last forever mm-hmm. and ever. I'll have to just get them resold. Right. Yeah, so that's, that's where that, that story came from about the last cobbler. I just happened to be passing by a shoe shop on my way somewhere else. And I just took the opportunity to stop by and say, hey, you know, I'm in town for a little bit. Can I come by next, you know, come by tomorrow uh-huh. and take some pictures of me? He was like, yeah, you know, I don't I don't mind. I don't care. He said, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I uh, came back the next day. And before I started taking pictures, I just kind of observed my surroundings.
0: Mm-hmm. So you and, sort of sat and watched, yeah, sat and customers, and watched customers and things
1: come like that. In. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And I also just really watched how he worked. He was quiet all the time. There, He had somebody alone? else there. Oh, no, not alone. He, there oh. Someone else was there working with him. Yeah. But it was almost like this silent connection that they had between them. Oh, wow. You know, he, you know, go, you know, pick the soul out for the shoe, do his thing, pass it on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was like a constant process for him. But very, I would say very meek and kind um, gentleman mm-hmm. um, during that time. And during the whole shoot, he just, you know, just felt like he didn't deserve it. I'm just like, you're doing a service that no one appreciates uh-huh. and I appreciate the effort that you put into something that you really feel good about. I mean, think about it. You take your shoes to him. He fixes them. He gives them back to you and you just like, I remember when I got these shoes for such and such or I wore right. these shoes for whatever. Like there's a connection between you and that cobbler. Mm-hmm. Like you it's again, it's like a silent story between you and him, so it's, yeah. it's, it was one of the like one of the most touching and sentimental personal projects that I've, I've done so far.
0: Yeah, we. I used to visit some uh, shoe repair shops that mm-hmm. are probably long gone in Jersey City yeah. when I lived in Jersey City, and you know, and it was always like the, the one older gentleman mm-hmm. who was repairing, and maybe mm-hmm. one other person. But mm-hmm. it reminded me so much of the older camera repair shops. Yeah, where the, everything was just so. Um, it looked like a mess but, mm-hmm. but the person running it knew where oh, everything, knew it. everything was at was, all right. times right <laughs> like you wonder how they knew what which bin had what no and, and they're right you could watch them work and they just reach over and grab something and they're right. under their light and their their magnifier and everything and, else and how
1: and, do they remember all of the people that come through there right. and how do you know whose shoes belong to who like, yes <laughs> even if even if it didn't have a name you right. knew who they belong to yeah. like I, did, yeah, I would never remember that but like I their guess their own
0: organized chaos. Right. Yeah. <laughs>
1: right. And if you look at that series you can see it was stuff everywhere. Right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. The so what we were talking about, you, you, you list as sort of personal work, mm-hmm. and then you have stories. Mm-hmm. And I would say, stylistically, there's no big difference between what you consider personal and what you consider right, stories. Right, and, right. of course, that's why people want to hire you. They mm-hmm. want to hire you because you have a style and you have a way of doing things. Exactly. The And, and it is it is heavily portraiture on yes. almost everything you do. Mm-hmm. But the, uh, the one, the, the Frank, Frank Dowsing was oh, a hero. Wow. Yeah. That one couldn't be all portraiture because Frank is... Past has, right? Exactly. Frank is dead. And exactly. So there's a lot of artifacts. Yeah. In that, right? A lot of still life. Yeah and, that, um, yeah.
1: and that happened to be the first story that I... Um, I shot for ESP the Undefeated. Oh, okay. Yeah, that that story took me to Mississippi.
0: Right. Frank Frank Dowsing was a hero in Tupelo, Mississippi. Really mm-hmm. interesting mm-hmm. story. Really Super interesting.
1: interesting. Now oh, the yeah. now the layers of that story, I'm just like, yeah. Wow. So when when they uh, when I was assigned the story, you know, and then you know, reading um Andrew's article about it, um, I'm just like
0: Andrew M- Moranis. 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 I, and,
1: uh, excuse me, Andrew, if I mispronounce your last name. Okay. I love you, and I love the article. <laughs> 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 yeah, the 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 fact that he was this you know football hero, athletic hero back in Tupelo, and the thing that kept him out of you know reach or kept him out of um, how can I say this.
0: Kept him out of the history books. Yeah, just, right? they, Out of it's the, so, it's yeah. so
1: silly now. I guess because mm-hmm. of the time that we live in now. Right. But then, of course, it was such a taboo thing. But leave him out of history, even though he broke color barriers. Yeah. You know, sports records and things of that nature, and because he died from HIV mm-hmm. and was um, a gay black man. Right. I mean, you know, those like what does to me? What does it matter? You know, he he was still a person. An important, the, right, person, a, in an important person in the history of athletics. But yeah. yet still, you know, you let um, sexuality and race, even though he, as some may say, quote-unquote, transcended race, although that's another issue. But anyway. <laughs> I, I, what was the transcended, quote? Transcended race. Oh. Uh, you know, basically feeling like, how can I put this? Frank was still a black man in the South, no mm-hmm. matter what. Mm-hmm. And But
0: there's always... Um there's, There's always been this greater acceptance in terms of uh, uh, black men who perform, right? Thank you. For what they you, do. Yeah,
1: you're putting it much more than what I'm putting. Not, I on, a, put not it. on a
0: personal level. Right. Like, you, you, you may not, you may, still may not want to hang out with this person or right, eat with this right. person. And
1: I'm going off on a tangent right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. you know how people didn't necessarily like Muhammad Ali? Right. But when he passed, they're like, Muhammad Ali transcended race. Right. Like, I... Don't agree with that, mm-hmm. but you know, I, I think it just kind of makes people feel good. It, that,
0: no, that's exactly what it is. It's it's a way of glossing over the ugly right. parts o- that you of the
1: ugly parts that yeah, you that yeah. Yeah,
0: you didn't like. Right. It's just the like, protesting mm. Vietnam, being Muhammad Ali. Right. 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 right, right. You yeah. know,
1: changing you know from Cassius Clay to right. Muhammad Ali, and I, and I, you know, I'm pretty sure that even that brought even more hate among his name and his mm-hmm. career. But, again, it's just like when someone as exceptional and as historic mm-hmm. as, some, you know, someone like Muhammad Ali or right. whoever else, that whole, you know, oh, he transcended race? Yeah. Nah. Well, the, like, yeah, the but, yeah. Texas
0: school board, which is probably one of the most interesting school boards in the country, mm-hmm. just voted to take Hillary Clinton and Helen Keller out of their history books, their uh-huh. textbooks, so you're not required to teach it. But you can if you want to. And they've made some other bizarre decisions uh-huh. over the years. but Helen Keller, of course, everybody thinks of as this sort of um, this sort of a, a, a breakthrough in terms of communication right. with someone who who is deaf of and course. bright right and blind right and and so we,
1: ha- we actually have uh, uh, yeah. I want to say it's a, it is a school in Alabama. Helen Keller School for deaf and Blind. Right. I could be wrong so but I'm I, sure I there think is that's, that's I'm part sure of there the name, but yeah.
0: but of course then people learned she was this this socialist right his mm-hmm. politics were extreme mm-hmm. left mm-hmm. and everything else Exactly. and so now now they have to deal with that now it's muhammad ali and protesting vietnam right. and right right now it's, yeah, like, yeah, yeah you know right.
1: going back to what we were just talking yeah. about about frank, frank dowson yeah right you know something as just just frank dowson himself black man gay black man athlete south mm. you know all of those key words is right. just like how do you build a story around that And it, it, you know, being around his sister, Uh you know, one of the portraits of his sister um, standing at his gravesite. And she also has a photo album of Frank, you know, just talking about how much of a kind person he was and how much she loved him. And, you know, hate that he, you know, passed away from the deeds, but also just embracing who he was as a person. And you know, living again, just living in the time that we live now, it it makes me feel sad for him mm-hmm. because we're we're much more of a free and liberal society when it comes to those those um, topics such as you know race and sexuality. But we still have an issue behind them. It's, sure, you know it's going to be, and especially with our current political climate, it doesn't necessarily help.
0: Yeah, yeah. And so he he was uh, a coach during integration.
1: He was a football player. He was a player during mm-hmm, integration. Mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. So, uh, if I'm not mistaken, he did help um, integrate one of the high schools there.
0: Okay. Yeah, uh, I, I know he he had some hand in that, right? Mm-hmm. So, and then ESPN approached you to do the story, or
1: I got you an email. It, I was actually on my way to shoot an event in um, Minneapolis, mm-hmm. and just happened to read my email and saw this story come through. So, as soon as I got back from Minneapolis, maybe by the next day, I. Went to Mississippi.
0: Oh, mm-hmm. but on assignment. Yeah, on assignment. Right, Yeah, right. On, yeah, 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 yeah. for that, for that particular. ESPN story. undefeated. The mm-hmm. undefeated. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I also noticed you. Um, you have a blog, but you haven't updated it in a while. Yeah, no. Is, I, is blogging had... pretty much dead? Uh, <laughs> Sorry, bloggers. Uh, <laughs>
1: There are, there are plenty of bloggers out there. I'm right. just not the one to update most of the time. Okay. <laughs> I, I've i been doing more YouTube videos lately.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah. So,
1: and I guess my pseudo blogging would be Instagram because right. it's just well, that's, much that's faster. That's what I mean. I
0: think Instagram has kind of killed blogging. Yeah. yeah in and in Twitter a way. And, you know, yeah.
1: it, especially if you are one of those people that's like me, you're just short and to the point. Mm hmm. Instagram is has been the place for me. So it, it's every once in a while when I, you know, get in a groove and want to write, mm-hmm. then I'll update my blog. But yeah, it has right. been updating quite some time. <laughs> Don't tell anybody. Okay. <laughs> 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 oh, so
0: um, yeah, so you're up here for Photoville. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's uh, what's on the calendar?
1: Well, I'll definitely be at the um, Authority Collective um, mm-hmm. Container.
0: And uh, unfortunately, this episode will air long after photoville, long after over. photoville. Yes.
1: okay so <laughs> but, yeah so yeah. <laughs> um other than going to photoville um i'm just hanging out yeah. I, I really when i come here i don't have any plans I just are there like people wander. here
0: that you seek out or um
1: a few people yeah. I, I have some friends that may come from um from jersey city Oh. so okay. other than that uh i am really just here hanging out i, I yeah. promise you i only reach out to people when I don't have anything to do, but with so yeah. much going around here, going on around here, oh yeah, I just A like to wander, schedule. right? Yeah. I like to wander around and get lost mm-hmm. because I don't get to come up here very often, you know. And of course, I'm taking pictures and everything like that, but um, I try to, you know, go to the museum walk around eat hot dogs hot dogs are my favorite food <laughs> is it really it really does, is does
0: Atlanta have street vendor hot dogs no uh-huh so yeah so this is that's like the
1: joy of coming up here <laughs> so um yeah yeah museums Hot dogs, walking around, getting lost, going to visit B and H and play with all the toys that right. I can't afford right now, <laughs> and that's pretty much it. Yeah, you know, I reach oh, out to nice. friends here and there, but I'm I'm pretty sure I'll see all of them at Photoville. Yeah, mm-hmm. oh, that's great.
0: Mm-hmm. So then you're um you're still working on uh Gullagetchi Gullagetchi mm-hmm. oh, I'm gonna get that's it right. That's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What? I mean what other sto- what other personal uh things do you think are you working on?
1: Uh there's a growing list of personal projects. Are there? Yeah. I've anything um,
0: back uh, back home or
1: most of them have been more on the lines of video projects. Oh
0: yeah. So yeah, I'm, we uh, didn't even talk about that at all. Yeah. You have you have a whole site on your website called Motion. Yeah, yeah. And and most of that is uh client work?
1: Yes, most of it's client work. Yeah. Um so I'm starting to do a, a lot more personal work with video. Um, As I said, I I do have a YouTube channel, but it's more on the the education side, Mm -hmm. but it still allows me to kind of like get in the groove of, you know, oh, I need to have this piece of equipment or, oh, this is the type of script that I need to write. I recently shot a, like a pseudo, like a fake Nike commercial for myself. Just oh yeah, then, yeah I kind of cut my teeth to see if I really like it. Uh huh. Because I want well, that's good to, timing. Yeah. <laughs> hey, didn't even think of it like that. But that's that's a good point. But um, I uh, for those of
0: you wondering, I was referring to the Colin Kaepernick uh, yeah. Nike ad.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it does have like a, a young black kid that wants to. I, I won't give it. I won't give it away just yet because right. I, I'm still you know in the editing phase of okay. it. But. Like the, the the visual storytelling and the directing part of video is what I, I want to move into later on. So if I, I feel like if I work on it now, then I'll have enough practice to do it on a, bit, a larger scale later on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But most of the most of the video work that's on my website right now is definitely client work. Right. Yeah. But I, I do want and you, to And you consider
0: yourself a multimedia journalist in a mm-hmm, sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: I, I still haven't had the opportunity to shoot, you know, video for let's say editorial editorial video i would love to yeah so you know if anybody is listening please (laughs) hire me i do have the skill um but yeah i would i would love to do that but i feel like com. yes (laughs) (laughs) i feel like right now you know most people are just interested more in the um still side of it which i appreciate Mm -hmm. and i know when it's time to really just kind of folk you know focus or work a little bit more on the video side. Yeah. So I haven't been really pushing it yep. because I don't feel confident in it. And right. if I'm not confident in it, I don't, I probably won't do well. So right. I'm just taking my time learning the ropes of it and it'll, it will eventually come.
0: Are you uh Canon 5D user.
1: I am a Canon 5D Mark IV user. Ooh, for oh, for Mark IV. So, so far, I haven't. <laughs> so far, I haven't
0: met anyone who's gone uh, mirrorless.
1: Well, you know, I when when Canon came out with the with their mirrorless, what is the EOS uh, R?
0: Oh, that was their first one, right? Yeah. Well, no. It's, oh, the, the new one. The, the new the, one. The, the
1: the newest one they have right, out right, right. now. They, they had um, an
0: M series, I think that was mirrorless. but yeah, now, now they have the brand new. Now they have the brand yeah. new full frame mirrorless. Yep,
1: yep. And you know, I feel like. This Is me going on another tangent? <laughs> <laughs> That's all right, yeah. Because um, I've been looking
0: at reviews of all these, yeah, I've been, yeah. And
1: I don't see, I honestly have no problem with the current specs. But mm-hmm. of course, when you go on YouTube, everybody is pretty much hating on it. I'm just like, yeah, are you hating on it for the sake of not liking it, or right? You just I, need the, something to rant about to get some views. I think the, big, the biggest
0: complaint with the Canon's version. Is that it's somewhere in between everyone else's version, and they didn't—they didn't just make a, a Mark for mirrorless. They mm-hmm. sort of took I, away some of the options. I feel like yeah. it's
1: still a Mark. In my opinion, mm-hmm. it's between.
0: Here, Canon, some free uh, reviews. Yeah, here. free
1: reviews here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because this is my thing. I you will should argue. Should sponsor people. one of us. Yeah. I <laughs> will <laughs> <laughs> argue. I will argue people tooth and nail about this stuff because uh-huh. is. Of course, we always hear is is not the gear that makes you who you are.
0: No, not at all. At all, at, all. at all. And I think people yeah, need yeah. a constant
1: reminder oh, that yeah. um, what is it called that they shouldn't have gas. So there's gear acquisition syndrome. Oh. I think that's what it's called. <laughs> yeah, and, and and it's it's one of those things where yes, we know that technology has evolved. Yeah, there around are some good right things. around Canon, right. Mm-hmm. but. They don't want to mess up. I feel like they don't want to mess up their cinema line, which is fine. Nope.
0: They are protecting. They
1: are protecting every pro bit. Their pro lines, their mm-hmm. cinema lines. Mm-hmm. Their, mm-hmm.
0: Right, right. And it, it, it does make them slower to right. come out with things. Right.
1: And, I mean, right. everybody has their preference. Right. So if you like Sony, that's cool. If you use Sony in combination with a Canon, that's cool, too. <laughs> it It's just a tool. Oh, yeah. It's definitely a tool. Oh, please, and half
0: my guests use film. So, yeah. Right. Well,
1: see? <laughs> So it's yeah. there's no point of us even um, arguing about this right now. i was <laughs> oh, just curious what, what
0: you're what you're into. I'm I'm waiting to see if uh, if there'll be some uh, editorial photographers switching over now to the new Nikon mirrorless or the uh, the Canon mirrorless, and we'll, I'd be we'll see next year. Yes, we'll I will be interested. Yeah, yeah. I'm
1: actually interested in this. Um, in the new medium format camera that oh, Fuji yeah. is bringing out. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, they have the they GFX. They have that. The, they yeah, have yeah, that one. Yeah. And it's huge.
0: It is but big. Yeah. And it's slow and cumbersome. Right. Right.
1: Right. Right. But I think they're coming out with another one that's um, <laughs> like a range finder style. Oh, <laughs> like
0: their old Fuji um, six sevens and six nines. Yeah. But the, so, what they used to call the Texas Leica.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Never heard that one before. Yeah, Never heard that reference. That's, <laughs> that's, well,
0: You have to be older (laughs) 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 when they were making them. Right. Right. (laughs) Oh, that's great. Yeah, well, thank you for uh, flying in and doing this, and and are you going out tonight or tomorrow or.
1: Uh, that's a good question. Um, Brooklyn? Oh yeah, well, you know I, we we didn't go over the story as to why I came here with my luggage. Oh, let's do that. That's yes. right. You
0: showed up with your luggage. That's a great way to end. I did. Let's do that. So yeah. yeah.
1: So when I <laughs> so as I said before, I got here that the the same day that I got here, I was teaching at a photography workshop. So right. I left you know immediately after that. Uh-huh. Um, let's let's go through all the things that happened <laughs> that day so a I was, 24 hour cycle right, 24 there. hour cycle <laughs> so I left from the workshop went home packed the rest of my stuff in my bag then got a, an update from the app oh your flight is delayed oh. okay so there's like you have the option to choose another flight so I chose another flight it wasn't showing up in my app so oh. I had to call Delta to make sure that I'm still
0: Flying out of Atlanta, out of Atlanta yeah. to
1: Laguardia. Cool. Mm-hmm. Got there, you know, hung out at the airport for about an hour and a half before my flight left. Good deal. I get here, <laughs> um, get to my um, Uber, and then as my Uber is pulling up to the um, to my Airbnb, I try to enter the building. I can't enter the building. Oh. My Airbnb host is not in the building. He's in DC.
0: And. But didn't make arrangements. He did. Uh huh. But
1: I mean, the story keeps getting better. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm trying to get inside of the building. No access. People are walking in and out. I don't want to walk in because the doorman is looking at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> so I stand outside for almost an hour, oh. waiting to get in, and you know, still didn't get in. And um, I had to cancel my Airbnb.
0: Really? Yeah. I, I was oh. talking
1: to my host and one of the Airbnb reps well, what was on the, the app. Host's excuse. Uh, Well, my friend needs to get a key and she's bringing it to you. But said friend was talking to the doorman and the doorman wouldn't let me in. So I had to find a hotel while standing in front of the Airbnb that I was supposed to be. How expensive is that
0: going to be? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Look,
1: Air, the, the good thing is Airbnb. They took care of the um, hotel. I had to stay oh, in. Oh, yeah. that's great. Yeah. So oh. I just found another place to stay. Another. This time I'm staying in a hotel where so I know that put I will have in a hotel. To go, basically. Pretty much. Nice. And then I, I as I was getting as I was coming here to do this amazing podcast, <laughs> I'm on my phone. Went through AAA. Got a you know got a hotel room instead, so I wouldn't have any issues. Yeah. And here I am. Today.
0: nice <laughs> the, the journey of, yeah right. fun times you know you know
1: it's, like i said it's i a was gonna to say using all the,
0: the all the latest uh, cutting edge ways of getting around exactly. right now
1: had this been you know just just eight years ago oh yeah i just would have you've been stuck yeah just <laughs> stuck where i was probably you know at
0: LaGuardia. <laughs> right.
1: i probably would have gone back to the airport and just stayed there <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh nice well i'm glad you made it and i hope you have a great time in new I, york thank
1: you thank you thank you for inviting me here i really impre- oh, appreciate it oh my
0: pleasure thank you all right bye everyone